Welcome to the Moonlight of Amuna, Parshish Chai Yisara. This week's learning should be Chos for Rafu Shlema for Fraim Yitzchak Ben Aviv Chaya, Charamash Mas Vilcher, Ratz Mas Rochel, Shmuel Shnezam Bechav Chava, Benach Morachem Ben Afira, Chaya Bas Tova, Fraim Ben Yafa, Bichayim Ben Sara, Rucham Paramalkaleh Bas Chanaserl, Lishmas Hedi Basichil Mechol. So we deal with Parshish Chai Yisara, and and Rashi tells us very interesting at the beginning of Parshish Chai Yisara. We've discussed this before in the Moonlight of Amuna, uh, but we'll, we'll take it from a little bit of a different angle uh, from what we've spoken about in the past. So Ra- the Pesach opens up. The parasha opens up. Right, Sarah's lifetime was a hundred years, twenty years, seven years. These are the years of uh, uh, the, the years of Sarah's life. And Rashi makes the statement. Rashi says, uh, They were all equally good. And the question is, what what prompted Rashi to say that? So if you look back at the end of Parshas Barashas or at the end of Parshas Noach, where the Torah uh, lists the, the ages and the lives of many people, you'll notice over there that the standard of the Torah is, it says, right? All of the days of Enosh were. And, any, and all of those. Right? But by 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 Sarah here it says Sarah. It says the the years of Sarah, and then it says Shnei Sarah, the years of the life of Sarah, right? So. It, it's the the years and life seem to be seem to be repeated or used in a different way than normal. So therefore, Rashi says what the Torah is telling us are that they were all equally good. And the question on this that comes up is, and we've discussed this again. I mentioned it in the earlier recordings and previous years' recordings. We've mentioned this as well. That it's very difficult to say. Rashi is saying kulin shabbos in, in the previous Rashi, Rashi says the reason why the Torah split the hundred, the twenty, and the seven is because when she was a hundred, she was like a twenty-year-old when it came to sin. She had no sins. When she was twenty, she. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, 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 yeah, uh, and when she was uh, when she was 20, she was like she was seven. When it comes to beauty, so then I understand. But how could Rashi say they're all equally good? You could say they were all equally sin-free, or maybe she was as beautiful. But they weren't good. Sarah didn't have an easy life. Sarah did not have an easy life. She had to travel many times with her husband Avram. All of the nesionis, all of the tests that Avram was tested with, Sarah was right by his side. She went through them. Also, she was she was uh, left as an akara for 90 years. For 90 years. She she didn't have children. That's 90 years of looking at her friends and neighbors who had children, healthy children that she that she couldn't have. She was kidnapped by both Avimelech and by Paroi. Sarah had many difficulties in her life. She wasn't her life wasn't so easy. It wasn't so good. So obviously Rashi's telling us something. It's more than just that she had a good life. That you know life life was good for her. So in the past we've spoken about her attitude, right? We've talked we've talked about her attitude, the way that she saw things. But Lubavitcher Rebbe takes it from a different a- a- aspect. He says the very change in the Pasuk that prompted Rashi to say this is where Rashi knows this from. As we mentioned, all the other places where it counts somebody's life, it says these are the days of their years or these are the or these are the days, uh, this, how many days that they lived. Here the Torah says it's counting the years as the life of Sarah, not the years of Sarah, but the life of Sarah. Chaye Sarah. Right? That's what the parish is called. Chaye Sarah. The life of Sarah. It's telling us that the Torah is not coming to tell you just how many, what was the number of days or number of years that Sarah lived. But it wants to tell us that the 127 years were the life of Sarah. They were they were filled with, says says the Rebbe, 
not not that they were filled with they were easy or they were good in the in the way that most people would refer to it, but they were l- years of life. They were years that had meaning and purpose. What does it mean to live? Right? If a person sits around and does nothing all, all, all the time, so he can live a hundred years, but it doesn't mean that he lived it. He he he's, he existed for a hundred years. To live life means to maximize one's potential. To means to make the most out of every single day. It means a person wakes up and says, "What more can I accomplish today?" That's called living. That's how she. That's that's how Sarah lived her life, and that's how she defined her life. And what was the meaning that Sarah had in her life? Sarah's the meaning in her life was her relationship with Hashem. Everything was about her relationship with Hashem. That's how Sarah lived her life. Whether that was in partnership with Avram or in her own respect, right? We know that the Chazal tell us, right, that when later in the parsha when Yitzchak marries Rivka in Parakha of Dalad Pasuk Samach Zayin, it says, Sarah Imai, that when Yitzchak marries Rivka, he brings her to the tent of his mother Sarah. She became his wife, right? He took Rivka and she became, he married her, became his wife. And he loved her. And Yitzchak was consoled after his mother. And Rashi over there says on the words that it says that he took her to Sarah's tent. It says he brought her, uh, he brought her to Sarah's tent. Says Rashi, Kolaymar Benasis Dugma Sarima. She was like Sarah, his mother. She calls Madsha Sarah Kayemes. As so long as Sarah was alive, Hayiner Dalik Me'er Shabbos Le'er Shabbos. The candle was lit from Erev Shabbos to Erev Shabbos. Ubracha Metzui Be'isa, and there was a special bracha in the dough. Va'anan Kasher Al Oil. There was a cloud. Uh, the, the, there was a cloud, a protective cloud, covered. Uh, the the tent. When Sarah died, it stopped. When Rivka came, it returned. So, what does that tell us about Sarah's life? Sarah's life, as Chazal tell Rashi's telling us, quoting Chazal, these were not just three brachas that happened to be given to Sarah. Chazal tell us that Sarah, why why did she have the cloud? Because she maintained the purity of the tent. Right? She kept she kept uh, she kept the halachas of. She kept the purity of her tent, and therefore she had a cloud over her tent. The dough that she had was blessed. Why? Because she would separate challah. And the Shabbos candles would 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 light from one one week to the next week because she kept those mitzvahs. Meaning that Sarah took her life was all about these mitzvahs. Right? Not just because a person does a mitzvah, they don't get this kind of benefit. But if a person lives a mitzvah, if this is the essence of who they are, this is the very purpose in her life. So yes, while it's true that Sarah had a difficult life, she didn't have children for so many years. She had to travel. She went through so many difficulties. But it, every single day, no matter what she was going through, she woke up and said, "How do I connect to Hashem today? How do I serve?" Hashem today. Oh, Hashem wants me to separate challah from the dough. I separate challah from the dough. Hashem wants me to keep Tahas Meshbacha. I keep Tahas Meshbacha. Everything was an opportunity in her life. She lived every minute. Right? I have to put the emphasis. And that's what the Torah is doing. The Torah is putting the emphasis on the fact that she lived. That she lived. That the Torah says... Uh, <clears throat> Go, I'm sorry, I just lost my place. Going back to the first pasuk, the life of Sarah was these years. These were the years that Sarah filled with life. They were filled with meaning and purpose. No matter how disappointed she might have been in her in her own personal life because she didn't have children, because she had things that weren't easy. But it never stopped her from living every moment of her life. Very often, a person deals with some kind of difficulty and they say, "Oh, I can't, I can't function now." Sarah never did that. Sarah never looked for an excuse. Sarah never tried to get out of something. She could have said, you know what, how am I supposed to serve Hashem? He obviously doesn't want to give me children. It never occurred to Sarah. What is the, my avoidant now? Even if I don't have the, the avoidant, I thought my avoidant at this point was going to be raising children, raising beautiful children who are going to start Kal Yisrael. But right now, that's not what Hashem gave me. What is my avoidant now? What is it that Hashem wants me to do right now? 
no matter how much pain or anguish she was going through and how uh, how difficult it was for her not to have the things that she wanted to have, it never stopped her from living every single day. She lived every day. Therefore, we talk about the Chaye Sarah. Because those were, as Rashi said, Kulun Shav and Latoiva. Every single day of her life, regardless if she was, it was the day that Yitzchak was born, which was the greatest joy of her life, or it was difficult days when she saw other people taking their children to the park and she had no children to take. She, her attitude to, to, to how to serve Hashem was exactly the same on every one of those days. Made no difference. She did not treat her Avodah Hashem any differently. And this, maybe with this, we could use, says Lubavitch Rebbe, that we could use a, uh, the, uh, we could use this to explain a medrash that always seems very funny. The medrash, the Bresh, the, the medrash Rabbis tells us, Bresh's Rabbis says, Rabbi Kiva HaYoshev HaDoyrish. Rabbi Kiva was once giving a shir, Vatsibur Misnamneim. And the, 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 the people who were listening, his Talmidim, they were dozing off. Bikesh La'irun. So he wanted to wake them up. Omar, he said, Why did Esther rule over 127 provinces? Right, when Esther, in the beginning of the Megillah, when Esther marries Achashverosh, Achashverosh, we know, the Megillah, Megillah in the beginning tells us that Achashverosh ruled over 127 provinces, 127 countries. So why did Esther have this? Esther Esther so as Esther would come along, who's the granddaughter of Sarah, Shachosa Me'av Esrim Sheva, who lived for 127 years, and she'll rule over 127 provinces. So we hear this, and we're very familiar with this, this is a very famous quote in Medrash. So we just accept it. Yes, yeah, Sarah lived 127 years, Esther rules over 127 provinces. But really, it makes no sense. What's the connection? So, uh, shot, you would say, Rabbi Kiva, okay, he was just trying to wake the people up, trying to surprise them with something. But Rabbi Kiva, every word we know that came out of Rabbi Akiva's mouth was Kaidish Akdashim. So there's something here. So the strange thing is, what, what's the connection? Why, why, what do these two things have to do with each other? Rabbi Kiva just didn't just hear the see, oh, it says 127 here, it says 127 there, it must be connected. There must be something deeper. But says Lubavitch Rebbe, based on what we just explained, what does it mean that Sarah lived? What's the significance of her 127 years that, that they were the Chaye Sarah? Is that she lived every moment in a, in perpetual in a perpetual state of how can I best serve Hashem in every single moment? Right? What is it that that I can that I can do to serve Hashem, regardless of whether I'm going through difficulties or or good or good times? The Medrash is telling us when Rabbi Akiva saw the 127 in, in, in Esther, and the 127 here, Rabbi Akiva said, I see, I see a much deeper connection. The number is just revealing that connection. What happened? What was going on in the, in, in the miracle of Purim? You had the Jewish people who had just had the first base of English destroyed, right? With the, the whole, the whole Gullus after the first base of English was 70 years. So it was still fresh in their minds that the base of English was destroyed. And they're scattered across 127 co- countries. You see, nowadays, we're in Gullus. We've been in Gullus for so long. We're used to the fact that there's Jews everywhere in the world. That wherever you go, you, you could find a Jew. But these these were all they were all together in Eretz Yisrael till within the last two or three generations, and now they're scattered across 127 different provinces, and they were starting to develop different customs. Right? We know what happens when Jews go to Gullus, Right? Jews from different countries do things very differently, and they 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 speak different languages. You're living in different countries, you speak different languages, and there's different characters to those Jews. Right, so you might think that they had a different mindset. That the Jews in different countries would have different mindset, and therefore, when the news of of Haman's decree or or other things might have happened, you might have expected that 127 uh, provinces of Jews, Jews would react differently. Maybe a Jew in uh, you know England would react one way; he would be willing to give up his life. Or maybe the Jew who was living in Russia would not have would not have been willing to give up his life. Yet, what happens when 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 
when Haman's decree reaches every single one of these countries, not a single one of the Jews thought that they'd give up their lives. That they, that they, I'm sorry, that they, that they all thought they would give up their lives. None of them thought that they would try to give in to, uh, to, to give up their Judaism to save their life. They all cried, davened, but none of them were saying, oh, maybe we should just do, join the Persian culture or whatever culture of the country we're living in. Every single one of them was ready to die Kiddush Hashem. That Rabbi Akiva saw to the parallel to Sarah. What we say about Sarah? That no matter what was going on in her life, it was a good day, it was a bad day, but her consistence, she was resolute in her commitment to Hashem. Every single Jew in these 127 provinces, with all of the difficulties they had to go through, and whatever the culture it would, of the countries they were living in, and all the differences amongst them, every single Jew in that generation across 127 provinces, all committed that we, we'll, we'll die al Kiddush Hashem. We're not going to give up our religion for this evil Haman. Rabbi Kiva says, where'd they get that from? How'd they get that? How'd that happen? 70 years they're separated from their brothers in other countries, and yet every Jew across the world has the exact same reaction to Haman's decree? How's that possible? You know how that's possible? Because they're all the grandchildren of Sara Imenu. Sara Imenu made that possible. No matter what she went through in life, I live only for Hashem. And that she imbued in every single one of her grandchildren. That's what Rabbi Kiva is saying. And not just Esther, the whole generation of Esther. They were able to survive even though they were spread across 127 provinces because Sarah lived a life of 127 years that were cool and shove and letoiva. So if just, this is, Chai Sarah is, is a parsha that we have to realize we draw on such tremendous ability from Sarah Imenu, imbued in us such a ability to be resolute and to be single-minded in what can I, what is my avoidant now? No matter what I'm going through in my life, a Jew has to ask himself, what is it that I need to do right now for my relationship with Hashem? And that's how we can live like Sarah and that's how we can be like the Jews who lived in the generation of Esther and that's, and that's what Sarah put into each every one of us and we should all have uh, in, in, accept that and receive that this week, this Parsha that's the Parsha of the life of Sarimenu we should infuse that into our own lives and I wish you all a great Shabbos